Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the OrthoBullets podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of medial clavicle physeal fracture found under the pediatric section at orthobullets.com. Let's begin with a quick summary. Medial clavicle physeal fractures, also known as pseudodislocation of the sternoclavicular joint, are rare injuries to the medial physis of the clavicle in children. Diagnosis can be made with serendipity radiographic views, but CT scan is the study of choice to differentiate from sternoclavicular dislocations. Treatment is generally non-operative management. Rarely, surgical management is indicated with posterior displacement associated with airway or neurovascular compromise. Now let's get into the episode. In terms of the incidence, remember that this is a very rare injury. And with regards to the pathophysiology, the mechanism typically involves a fall onto an outstretched extremity, a direct blow, or child abuse as a rare cause. In terms of the pathoanatomy, remember that this is considered a childhood equivalent to adult sternoclavicular separation. The physeal sleeve and the strong costoclavicular and sternoclavicular ligaments usually remain intact with this injury. However, in a series by Lee et al., of 40 patients that were treated operatively for a posterior sternoclavicular injury, 50% were physeal fractures and 50% were actually sternoclavicular dislocations. In the case of an anterior displacement, there's a metaphyseal fragment which may be sharp and palpable immediately beneath the skin. The clavicular head of the sternocleidomastoid muscle is pulled anteriorly with the bone in spasms, and the patient's head may be tilted toward the affected side. In the case of a posterior displacement, there's local swelling, tenderness, and depression of the medial end of the clavicle. The anonymous artery and vein, internal jugular vein, phrenic and vagus nerves, trachea, and esophagus may be injured with posterior displacement. Now let's review some anatomy. In terms of the clavicle osteology, remember that this is an S-shaped bone whose medial end is connected to the axial skeleton via the sternoclavicular joint and lateral end is connected to the scapula via the acromioclavicular joint. In terms of the clavicle ossification, remember that this is the first bone to ossify in the fifth week in utero. For the central clavicle, the initial growth which occurs before five years of age occurs from the ossification center in the central portion of the clavicle which undergoes intramembranous ossification. In the distal clavicle, continued growth occurs at the medial and lateral epiphyseal plates. Remember that the lateral epiphysis does not ossify until age of 18 years. In terms of the medial clavicle, remember that approximately 80% of clavicular growth occurs at the medial physis, but this does not begin to ossify until 18 to 20 years of age and is the last physis to close in the body, which occurs between 20 and 25 years of age. So the sternoclavicular dislocation in teenagers or young adults may actually be physeal fracture dislocations. Moving on to the presentation. Symptoms may include pain and dysfunction, and in anterior dislocations, there may be a deformity with a palpable bump, whereas in posterior dislocations, one may note dyspnea or dysphagia, tachypnea and stridor, and diminution or absence of distal pulses, as well as paresthesias or paresis. On exam, one may note a prominence that increases with arm abduction and elevation. In terms of the range of motion and instability, remember that in these cases there is a decrease in arm range of motion. And on neurovascular exam, one may note paresthesias in the affected upper extremity or venous congestion or diminished pulses when compared to the contralateral side. In terms of imaging, a radiograph should be obtained. However, remember that it is difficult to visualize the fracture on an AP radiograph and that radiographs are usually unreliable to assess for fracture and degree of displacement. One can also obtain a serendipity view which is an AP with a 40-degree cephalic tilt. In the case of an anterior displacement, one may note that the affected clavicle is above the contralateral clavicle, 
whereas in the case of posterior displacement, one may note that the affected clavicle is below the contralateral clavicle. One can also obtain an axial CT scan. This is the study of choice, and it can differentiate from sternoclavicular dislocations, and it can help to visualize the mediastinal structures and injuries. In terms of treatment, non-operative options include observation. This is indicated for most asymptomatic injuries, as these will remodel and do not require intervention as the periosteal sleeve is intact. In the case of an anterior displacement, these will have good functional results when treated non-operatively. And if there is a posterior displacement, then this may also be treated with observation if there is no injury to mediastinal structures. Operative options include close reduction under anesthesia. This is indicated for acute posterior displacement with airway, esophageal, or neurovascular compromise. Contraindications to this include late presenting posterior dislocations. Remember that closed reduction is not attempted as medial clavicle may be adherent to the vascular structures in the mediastinum. Another option is open reduction with internal fixation. This is indicated if there is failure of closed reduction with continued symptoms or in the case of a chronic symptomatic posterior dislocation. And in terms of the post-reduction management, make sure to obtain a CT to confirm stability. Now let's discuss the technique for both of these options in more detail. For closed reduction in the operating room under anesthesia, make sure to have a thoracic surgeon available. In terms of the reduction, if it is a case of anterior dislocation, then the patient is placed supine with a bolster under both shoulders. Longitudinal traction is applied to both upper extremities and gentle posterior pressure to the medial metaphyseal fragment is applied. The medial fragment may be grasped with a towel clip to help facilitate reduction. If this is unsuccessful, then it is usually treated in a sling. In the case of a posterior dislocation, the patient is placed supine with the bolster under the shoulders. Longitudinal traction is applied to the arm with the shoulder adducted. A posteriorly directed force is applied to the shoulder while the medial end of the clavicle is grasped with the towel clip and brought anteriorly. If the reduction fails, then one should proceed to open reduction. In terms of the open reduction and internal fixation, the approach will involve a horizontal incision over the superior and medial clavicle. Reduction may be accomplished with a towel clip, and in terms of fixation, make sure to place sutures from the medial clavicle to the sternum or medial epiphysis, and sutures are preferred as this may allow for MRI in the future, whereas pin fixation should be avoided due to the danger of migration. Complications related to medial clavicle physio fracture may include persistent instability. Remember that this is rare in children as they have a high propensity to remodel. Another complication is laceration of the subclavian artery or vein. The incidence of this is also very rare. It is suggested by rapidly expanding hematomas, a thick periosteum is usually protective, and treatment is to repair the vessel. The last complication to keep in mind is pin migration. Remember that pin fixation around the clavicle should be avoided. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to medial clavicle physeal fracture, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A nine-year-old boy was tackled while playing football and presents to the ED with right shoulder pain. CT scan reveals a medial clavicular physeal fracture with two centimeters of anterior displacement. He is breathing comfortably without signs of distress. He admits to mild pain but no other complaints. He is neurovascularly intact without evidence of skin tenting. What is the preferred management? And the answer choices are, choice one, open reduction and plate fixation. Choice two, open reduction and suture fixation. Choice three, closed reduction with thoracic surgery backup. Choice four, closed reduction and percutaneous pinning. Or choice five, immobilization for comfort.
The best answer to this question is choice five, immobilization for comfort. In the absence of airway compromise or neurovascular complications, medial clavicular physio fractures with anterior displacement can be managed with immobilization for comfort given the high rate of remodeling. Medial clavicular physio fractures, also known as pseudo dislocation of the sternoclavicular joint, are rare injuries to the medial clavicular physis in children. The medial clavicular physis does not begin to ossify until around age 18 and does not close until around age 22 to 25. Approximately 80% of the clavicular growth occurs at the medial physis. Given the high degree of growth and remodeling that occurs at this junction, medial clavicular physio fractures are often treated conservatively with the opportunity to remodel. Operative management is reserved for true posterior SC dislocations or physio fractures that cause compression of the trachea, esophagus, or great vessels. The publication by Robinson et al. reviews injuries to the SC joint. They note that the SC joint is vulnerable to the same disease processes as other synovial joints, the most common of which are instability from injury, osteoarthritis, infection, and rheumatoid disease. The authors note that the surgeon should be aware of the anatomy of the joint as well as the surrounding structures when assessing and managing injuries of the SC joint. The publication by Bishop et al. performed a review of pediatric shoulder trauma. They stressed the importance of identifying and differentiating true posterior SC dislocations from medial clavicular physio fractures in children. They cite that a CT scan has been the best diagnostic tool to assess the integrity of the SC joint as it clearly distinguishes injuries of the joint from fractures of the medial clavicle. They stress that differentiation of a physial injury from a true dislocation is important because a physial injury will have a remodeling potential. It is important to recognize a posterior dislocation or posterior fracture dislocation because of its association with numerous complications. In particular, brachial plexus compression, pneumothorax, respiratory distress, vascular compromise, and ultimately death. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choices 1, 2, 3, and 4. Closed or open reduction is not required for pediatric anterior SC dislocations in the absence of airway compromise or neurovascular complications. That's all for this review about medial clavicle physio fracture. We hope that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session from OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on orthobullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the OrthoBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the OrthoBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the OrthoBullets podcast.